to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Thursday, July the 15th. How will the Jews convert? That's one of the questions I intend to ask our guest today, Roy Showman, a returning guest to Catholic Drive Time. He's been on a couple times before. Praise be to God. He wrote a book called Salvation is from the Jews. Um, I have it back here on the on the shelf and it's a great book. He wrote it a long time ago. We've talked about it on a number of occasions, uh, but uh, it is a really great book. And it, I think it's always fascinating to look at, uh, especially the first century Judaism, and to, to see it. That we find those uh, those glimmers, those roots in Catholicism. We want to talk to Roy Showman about that. He's going to be coming on to the show during the guest segment. In the What's Concerning Us segment, have you ever heard of Biking for Babies? Aaron Dempsey is going to be on the program to talk about an effort called Biking for Babies, a pro-life movement. And so we're going to be getting the latest information on that, and that's always a good thing, pro-life, praise be to God. So it's going to be a full hour this first hour, hopefully you can join us for all or at least part of that but if you if you can join us in the next hour because we give you three more chances to win this week's uh fear and trembling game show prize which is a rosary set praise be to god and we're looking forward to our our contestant in the next hour and don't forget you can always join us right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt good morning to you janelle good morning mr joe how are you? Praise be to God. Well, I'm uh, I'm still homesick. Uh, so is Adrian. Adrian, I guess, is doing worse than I'm doing. Although uh, I'm still struggling quite a bit, but uh, but I think Adrian's a little f- further down the line than I am. So we got to continue to pray for him. Of course, of course. And you, you're not feeling at all sick. Nothing. Oh no, I'm I'm feeling great. Just a little tired, wow. but that's normal. <laughs> you have the immunity of a of a giant, I guess. It's just amazing. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Uh, speaking of which, uh, David Magianis is here. Good morning to you, David. Good morning, Joe. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, today's July 15th. I guess maybe is that like technically the middle of the summer? I'm not sure, you know. Is and it, uh, Is it already halfway there? I think so. Uh, you know, uh, we went through June, uh, halfway through July. So we got August now to, you know, so uh, we got halfway through the summer today. And uh, so uh, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, we did get a, a little update from Adrian, so uh, he is he's doing okay. Uh, he's trying to get better so that he can come back uh, next week. Wow! Yeah, praise be to God. Now you're you're what you're. I guess this is your fourth day, fifth day. Yeah. So uh, this I want fourth day, fourth day, and I want to thank everybody for everybody's patience. Uh, there's <laughs> a, a couple of hiccups yesterday, but I think uh, today, Joe, we're going to have a great show. We're going to uh, have a great show. We're going to have a great get, show. Getting up early, uh, you've mastered that by this point, right? <laughs> no, that's still a struggle, uh, but uh, but uh, I have a new respect uh, for everybody that has to come in early and do these shows, uh, TV, radio. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of work, but at the same yeah. time, very satisfying, very humbling for me uh, to be able to be here and do this for everybody. 
Yeah. You know, we need a T-shirt that uh, depicts the number of spinning plates that are have to constantly <laughs> monitored in order to make a, a, a radio show uh, work. You know, it's like... Uh, there's a lot. It's quite a bit of moving parts, actually. It is. So uh, you, you look like a like one of those organists. You ever you ever watch organists play? All right. I mean, like a, both hands, both feet, toes are doing things. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's my a full body contact plays, sport. Um, I my... mean, it kind of looks like that. You know? Right. You, you you got like four different screens, all these consoles, uh, all these parts. It's uh, pretty amazing that it happens at all. But uh, by the grace of God, we'll have a great show today. Yes. So yes, uh, well, yes. praise be to Jesus. Now you are also uh, sort of uh, take, taking your your turn at reading the saint of the day. That also has its challenges. I know. Uh, so my mouth does not work at, <laughs> at six a.m. So again, thank you for pa- being patient with me. And uh, uh, today I'm anxious to read uh, today's saint of the day. So uh, now your specialty I, is sports, though. It is sports. Uh, that uh, I can talk about all day, and uh, huh. maybe one day, Joe, we we'll maybe we'll do a little day. segment on that one day. one day. Now we were we were trying to get some big name sports guys, but uh, so far we have not succeeded in getting that. We wanted to talk not about about uh, necessarily their sport as much as what's going on in sports these days, because uh, we should have that conversation. Maybe uh, what is going on in the wide world of sports? You know, oh, remember that? Remember when you're. You're back in the '80s, the wide world of sports. Ooh, yeah, ABC, Saturday. Yeah, ABC Wide World of Sports. You remember the? Do you remember the skier falling down yes. the uh, the the hill? Yes. Yeah, yes. that was funny. Our world. We are so old. Okay. Uh, <laughs> praise be to God. Let's jump into it. As I said, Roy Showman is going to be our guest. Salvation is from the Jews. And then uh, uh, we're going to speak with Aaron Dempsey coming up at 15 past uh, with Biking for Babies. All that coming up in this hour. So let's dive in. Uh, we'll have a, a great conversation today. And don't forget, you can always participate in our conversations on our live social feeds over on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, Twitter, Twitter, elsewhere. So check it out. Also online, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener, as well as for Adrian to uh, to heal and to get uh, healthy again and myself and get the show back on the road here. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Looking at the headlines today from the National Catholic Register. Cuban protesters take to the streets for their freedom under patronage of Our Lady of Charity. Throughout their country's history, the people of Cuba have called upon Our Lady of Charity's intercession to bring calm amid life's stormy seas. From aiding the Mambisa freedom fighters in the island nation's war for independence from Spain to facilitating an untold number of everyday miracles for ordinary Cubanos, many believe La Cachita has helped answer prayers time and time again. Now, in the midst of mass public demonstrations, the likes of which have rarely if ever been seen in 60 years of communist rule, the Cuban people are turning to La Virgen de la Caridad once more as they take to the streets by the thousands to call not only for immediate relief from an economic and medical crisis, but also sweeping governmental reform. Images of the Virgin have mingled with cries of Libertad and Patria y 
vida, the latter meaning homeland and life, a clever counter to the long-standing communist slogan of patria o muerte, homeland or death. The contrast between life and death is intentional, as demonstrators criticize the communist government for being more concerned with ideological purity than the well-being of its people. Compounding an economic downturn spurred by U.S. sanctions, the Cuban regime has consistently rejected humanitarian aid meant for its people. The government also reportedly turned down donations of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines from international bodies, preferring to develop its own and wasting precious time in the process. Reported by Crooks Undercover as Priests, Italian cops bust $2 million fake cardinal scam. A group of con men who dressed up as cardinals to swindle victims out of millions of dollars have been caught by Italian police in an undercover sting operation conducted by officers who were disguised as priests. Members of the Carabinieri, the Italian military police who enjoy broad authority in Italy, set the trap at the Basilica of Holy Mary of Angels and Martyrs in central Rome after receiving complaints from two hotels that they were scammed out of $23,631 and $88,616. Since 1988, the group of five conmen aged between 58 and 75 pretended to be priests, monsignors, and even cardinals. presenting themselves as intermediaries of the Vatican, who could offer business owners in financial trouble, mostly in northern Italy, advantageous loans either from the Vatican Bank or a non-existent Luxembourg financial company called Eurozone, without requiring personal financial guarantees. It wasn't difficult for the grifters to get the fake attire, since Roman boasts, Rome boasts dozens of shops selling clerical garments, including some that specialize in cardinals' outfits. No special status or identification is required to make to purchase the clothing, in part because it's often customary for friends and family of a cardinal to buy the required garments for him. To be credible, the fraudsters who met at a cafe in the Santo Stelle neighborhood in southeastern Rome every morning to discuss potential scams would set up various meetings and exchange emails and contacts with their marks. In order to sell the impression that they were priests or cardinals calling themselves Don Luca or Don Giuseppe, Many of the meetings took place near the Vatican. In one case, an appointment took place at the Pontifical Gregorian University, which is run by the Jesuits and attended by a swath of priests, seminarians, and religious studying in Rome. According to Italian newspaper Il Messaggero, the group also once set up a fake notary's office in a building in the Corso Vittorio Emanuele, using a plaque and a genuine-seeming studio to convince victims the business was legitimate. All that was requested of their investors was an upfront cash payment billed as good faith money, which the group would collect before vanishing into thin air. After being contacted by the hotels that were scammed in 2017, police conducted a two-year investigation into the group, uncovering at least 20 different scams and amounting to $2 million. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Thursday, July 15th. God love you. Our saint of the day is Blessed Anne Mary Javohe. She was born November 10th, 1779 in Langes, France. Daughter of a wealthy farmer, she grew up during the French Revolution and saw her family risk everything by hiding priest. She was a pious girl who wanted to devote herself to teaching children and helping the poor. In 1800, she had a vision in Besicon where she was surrounded by a group of black children but did not understand that at the time. 
1807, she and eight friends at Kebelon started the group that would become the Congregation of St. Joseph of Cluny, which was formally founded in 1812 when the group purchased an old friar at Cluny to act of Mother House. The group was dedicated to teaching and soon became famous for its innovative techniques and established houses in Europe, Africa, and South America. In 1834, the French government sent her to French Guiana, where she was to teach 600 Guianan slaves who were about to receive their freedom. She spent nine years there teaching, fulfilling her, fulfilling her vision. In 1843, she returned to her homeland to work on establishing houses in other countries. She died July 15, 1851, in Paris, France, of natural causes. She was beatified October 15, 1950, by Pope Pius XII. Blessed and Mary Javohe, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I really like this particular passage because of the parallels uh, that are involved with the, uh, the, the imagery of the yoke. Ignatius Catholic Study Bible said Jesus evokes wisdom's invitation to the humble in the Old Testament in Sirach 51. Wisdom calls, draw near to me, put your neck under the yoke, and see with your eyes that I have labored little and found for myself much rest. These parallels reinforce Jesus' self-identification as wisdom here. And I, that's true. It's beautiful. It's powerful. But I like the one where it really hones in on, uh, on King Solomon. King Solomon, the wise king, the one who asked for wisdom when he was ascended to the throne, and he was given not just wisdom, but much else as well, uh, much wealth and, uh, and power and stature. In fact, he became a, a king over a vassal king's in the uh, in the Near East, uh, they would send tributes to him, 666 gold talents every year. Now, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you ever heard 666 being a good thing in sacred scripture? Never is the answer. <laughs> so what we see through the life of Solomon, someone with great wisdom, someone who, who, uh, who saw a proto-Christ-like, uh, well, we saw a great burden placed upon the people, a tax burden, that his son increased in order to break the back of Israel in 1 Kings 12. For Jesus' burden is sweet, light, unlike King Solomon. A new King Solomon is here. All right, we're going to break. We're going to come back. Don't Glory go anywhere. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. All my life, I was searching for something that seemed to be just one step away. Perfect soulmate, the ideal job, that big adventure. And just when I thought I found what I was missing, I realized that I was never really fulfilled. 
then I discovered what I was searching for was really faith in God and belonging to a church. You can find what you've been searching for too. Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Roy Showman is going to be on our show again. He's been on before a couple times. Uh, he wrote the book, Salvation is from the Jews. And we're going to have a conversation, not just about his own conversion, but the conversion of Judaism itself into the body of Christ. We're going to have that conversation. And I really want to talk about the sort of the typological roots that we find uh, in Catholicism to Judaism. We're going to have that conversation as well with Roy Shulman coming up 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Aaron Dempsey with Biking for Babies. Good morning to you, Aaron. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for uh, being on our show today. Biking for Babies. I've never heard of this. Tell me all about it. Okay. Uh, Biking for Babies is a pro-life group that works to uh, raise awareness for the work of pregnancy resource centers across the country through their long-distance biking. So what we do is we look for young adults who are willing to take up the challenge of riding over, you know, close to 100 miles a day for a week uh, across the country. So, yes, they have uh, missionary formation time. Um, they learn about pro-life movement. They learn how they can uh, share that with others. Uh, they work on raising money for their particular mission. And then, yes, one week they spend on their bikes. So they're on their bikes right now. This is the week of the national ride. And um, by this time in the morning, they're probably all on the road. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A hundred miles per day for seven f- days or five? Um. Six days. So they start riding on Monday and they'll end on Saturday. Oh, wow. Now, where does the route start? We have four different routes. So we have one that starts up north in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And then we have one that took off from Columbus, Ohio, uh, Natch, Mississippi, and Holly, Colorado. And then they're all going to meet together in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, wow. No kidding. Now, um, how many bikers are on each route? Uh, This year, we have 50 missionaries, uh, and so we have a combination of bikers and support crew. Um, The support crew is usually between three or four people, and then the rest would be be bikers, so we can have probably up to 10 bikers on a route. I can imagine if they're riding 100 miles a day for six days straight, they're probably not rookies at riding. Uh, they can be. Uh, I was really? when I first rode. It was my. <laughs> you started June, from. I ran my, you started uh, from nothing to a hundred miles a day for six days. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I had always just kind of you know ride the bike around town. Nothing too serious. You know, my maximum was maybe thirty miles, but it took me six, seven hours to do it, just because you know you ride around town. 
Uh, and then you start, you commit to it, you start training. Biking for Babies helps guide you with what you should, you know, what your physical goal should be along the way. Mm. Um, I rode my first 100 miles in June and then did the national ride the following July. Oh, wow. And so how difficult was it? Was it harder than you thought, easier than you thought, manageable? Aaron, are you there? We might have lost Aaron. Aaron looks frozen. Aaron Dempsey was our guest uh, with Biking for Babies, a very fascinating uh, missionary uh, organization that helps to uh, raise money for for uh, pregnancy centers. Are you, are you back with us, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Did I cut out? We lost you there for a second. I was asking about uh, your thoughts post your first ride. Your first uh, Was it hard? I can imagine you, were, you had to have been pretty sore after a 100-mile yes. trek. Yes. Yes, it was. It was very tiring. Um, but you get that elation of having completed it and then knowing the reason behind it. Like, I was... I was well, you're, we're losing you there, and your internet is uh, is either coming or going or something. But we're we, we keep losing your audio. Yeah, we're not hearing you, Aaron. Um, what you could do is, you, if you want to, real quick, you you might. Uh, are, are you there again? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's going on. We'll try it one more time, and then if it doesn't work, we maybe reschedule with you or something like that. But tell us, uh, let's, let's quickly try to get in some of the good details about the fundraising component. How much money do you tend to raise? What does that money go to? Uh, 100% of what we raise goes directly to our pregnancy resource centers. Uh, that's the point of, of our uh, raising the money. And each individual rider gets to set their own goals based on what they think they're capable of raising. Um, usually it could uh, be around 2000 to we've had up to $10,000 per individual missionary. Uh, as a group, we're hoping to raise um, $850,000 this year. Wow. And now is that like a personal best or is that average? What, what, what does that goal it look would like? Be, it would be a personal best. Um, last year, I believe it was 750000 Wow. That's amazing. And the centers, what do they use this money for? Paying staff, equipment, uh, just the utilities? What, do they, what does this money go to? Yes, they can use it for whatever their needs are. Uh, if they need it for, for diapers, material needs for the women, uh, some centers have bought new ultrasound machines because uh, it's time you know, to upgrade or add on to that as well. Uh, they use it for staff, uh, for presenting classes and things to their clients. That's amazing. So you have bikers, or what you call them missionaries, um, and then you have support staff. What do the support staff do? The support staff is in charge of everything the riders could need. Uh, the goal of support crew is that the only thing the rider needs to worry about is pushing those pedals. So we provide <laughs> their direction. We provide their water, their food, their snacks. Uh, we take care of laundry every night. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we will go. We'll we'll ride drive ahead of them on the route, um, scouting out where we're going to stop for a break for lunch. Make sure it's a nice shady park somewhere. Uh, we refill the water bottles on the fly, so they just throw the bottles to us. We refill them, drive up ahead, and pass it back to them without them even getting off the bike. That's amazing. Now, okay, is it's is is this a race? I mean, are what's the pace like? Yeah. Hundred miles. You gotta you gotta um, get the miles in, but yes. what's the pace yes, like? You, you need to get the miles before dark. Um, the pace is usually around 15 miles an hour, so it's not too terrible. And when you're riding in a line, it does help because you can use drafting uh, to help you, and they cycle through who's taking all the wind. Oh, wow. And how long does it take 
uh, per day to get a hundred miles done? Um, usually around eight. Eight hours, eight hours straight of. Uh, I guess you're taking breaks too. I imagine, yes, right? You you're, do, you're, yes, you do. Yes. Okay. So it's <laughs> it seems pretty amazing to me. Uh, six days straight of of a uh, pure riding. Now, where do they sleep? Do they are they tenting? Are they finding hotel rooms? I mean, uh, Airbnb? Are, are are they staying with uh, volunteers? What's the deal? We search for uh, usually churches that are willing to host us, and okay. then we'll stay with either if the church is big enough that they have a facility, we can just sleep you know sleep in the church basement or the hall. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we'll be split up and go into host homes. We have host families volunteer to take us for the night. Yes, we're talking. We're talking with Aaron Dempsey from Biking for Babies. The website is bikingforbabies.com. I had never heard of this. I find this very fascinating, and I know people who love to ride, uh, and they ride frequently. This could be something that uh, they they might consider picking up. Is it possible to start uh, like? new chapters how does if someone wanted to be involved for biking for babies how would they do that how, do they have to ride on the designated routes that you have established can they create new ones what is that what does that entail our main event is the national ride uh, but we have been branching out into local rides uh, and we're hoping to expand um, where our, our local rides and where they're being held and those have been catered those can cater to a variety of different uh, people We've had rides where it's very family friendly. So it's just like a leisurely 10 miles down a bike path somewhere. Uh, so the kids can do it. No. Oh, we're losing you again, Aaron. Not, I guess her, her internet, uh, is coming and going quite a bit here for us. Um, Aaron, uh, we're going to go ahead and say, call it there. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us, Aaron Dempsey, for Biking for Babies. The website, again, is bikingforbabies.com, bikingforbabies.com. Aaron Dempsey, uh, we, we're grateful for your time today. God love you and God bless you, but we will be uh, promoting your website here, bikingforbabies.com. We, we encourage you to check this out. We love everything pro-life, right? So uh, this is a great opportunity to do something fun and interesting, especially if you or someone you know is really into uh, to biking. This is sounds like a great time. You probably would have to take a week's vacation uh, from work or whatever, but I imagine that um, that this would be a great week off with a bunch of uh, fun people hanging out, dry, riding the bikes. You know, if you're into that, and then uh, I bet the support staff makes it really pretty manageable and easy, doing everything for you, including your laundry. Holy smokes, that's pretty amazing. So uh, praise be to God. But uh, Aaron, I don't know if you're you're back or not, but. Uh, we appreciate your time today. Oh, you're very welcome, and have a great rest of your day. All right. God bless you. Aaron Dempsey from Biking for Babies, bikingforbabies.com. Check it out. Spread the word about that. Here we have just about a couple of minutes before we do go to break, though. Um, not, uh, I apologize for the, for the Internet there coming and going, but uh, that's, that's, that's life in the real uh, live Internet and uh, live radio for you. Uh, coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to speak with uh, Roy Showman from Salvation is from the Jews, and we're going to have a great conversation. We've had him on in the past. That'll be fun. Now, here's another interesting story that, uh, that was 
was brought to my attention over the weekend. But unfortunately, because I've been sick, I just haven't been able to really uh, get my uh, head back in the game too well. So I'm just now mentioning this. But, you know, you might recall a couple of months back, we had a guest that we were supposed to speak to, um, Namdi Kanu. And uh, Namdi Kanu is the uh, the leader of uh, the Biafra in Nigeria. Well, um, he, he ended up canceling on us at the last moment. He was sick, and so we ended up speaking to his secretary instead. Great conversation to try to give us some information about what's going on in Nigeria. Well, you, we found out over the weekend that he was actually kidnapped uh, when he was in Kenya, and he was brought back into Nigeria. Now, he hasn't been, he, he left Nigeria some time ago, um, and he was in sort of exile, so to speak, and so he was visiting Kenya, and he got kidnapped and brought back into Nigeria and is being held there. So uh, there is a, a, there's an outcry for international support to come to his rescue and to, uh, you know, re- demand that he be released. And so there's an article out in The Guardian. Um, the Guardian uh, is called, uh, the, here's the headline, Biafra separatist leader abducted by Nigeria from Kenya, say family. Relatives of a British Nigerian citizen, uh, Namdi Kanu, accuses Nigeria of extraordinary rendition aided by Kenyan authorities. So I would encourage you to check out this article and help spread the word. At least pray. Pray for him and pray for his family. I can imagine this is going to be a very stressful situation, and, you know, and who knows whether or not international support will come to his aid. But uh, as we've had these conversations about Nigeria on the show, it should illustrate how complicated and how difficult the situation is in Nigeria, especially for those living in the uh, the southwest there. So uh, at any rate, I'm going to we'll, – we'll, I don't know. I was going to say we're going to post articles, but maybe Janelle can post a link to this article in particular on our social feeds today. But you can check it out on uh, the Guardian's website. But we are going to go to a break and we're going to come back and uh, have a conversation after the breaking news with Janelle Lay uh, with uh, Roy Showman, Salvationist from the Jews. I just love uh, some of these uh, Jewish typologies that we find in sacred scripture, in liturgy, and more. And Roy Shulman's going to be our guest to have a conversation about that. If you've not heard his conversion story, we'll have him touch on it a bit. It's pretty fantastic, and I think you're going to enjoy that. So all that's coming up after this short break. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a patron saint? The classic professions such as soldiers or doctors have patron saints who represent the ideal of soldiering or doctoring. And yet, so many of the trades and crafts on which the modern world depends do not have an ideal figure. There is no patron saint of plumbers, for instance, and G.K. Chesterton says there should be. It would be a revolution, for it would inspire each individual plumber to consider that there was once a perfect being who actually did plumb. In the meantime, what do plumbers and the rest of us do? Chesterton says, keep before your eyes the supreme adventure of virtue. If you're kind, think of the man who was kinder than you. That's what is meant by having a patron saint. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Sorry, welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. Um, starting off with the news, let's start with pro-abortion protesters block New York pro-life procession. Mass kidnappings in Nigeria, Kanduna State. Schools are closing due to Muslim kidnappers. First Nation leaders announced more than 160 unmarked graves found at a former Catholic-run residential school. Pope appoints Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerick, the Synod's new Relator General. Priest defends Father Altman. Wisconsin priest Father Richard Hallman defends his fellow cleric under persecution. Michigan police come knocking. Michiganders questioning election integrity may be visited by police. Openly gay New York Democrats oppose plan to open Chick-fil-A restaurants along I-90. Nonprofit finds at least 45 Canadian churches have been burned or vandalized in recent weeks. Nearly 2 million workers turned down jobs for unemployment benefits, poll finds. Southern California beaches closed after outage causes spill of 17 million gallons of raw sewage. Due to COVID-19, Olympic athletes will place medals around their own necks during ceremonies. Israeli government data shows natural immunity from infection much stronger than vaccine-induced immunity. George Floyd mural destroyed by lightning strike, witnesses say, and reactions are particularly pointed. More than 20 die in floods in Western Europe, dozens missing. Johnson & Johnson recalls sunscreens after carcinogen found in some sprays. Two soldiers killed, three wounded in blast in southwest Pakistan. U.S. drug overdose deaths surged nearly 30% in 2020 to record high. And YouTube censors North Carolina County Government Meeting. Reported by the Catholic News Agency, bishops reveal Catholics are leaving the church in droves in Germany. More than 220,000 people left the Catholic Church in Germany in 2020. More than 220,000 people left the Catholic Church in Germany in 2020, according to official figures released on Wednesday. The statistics issued by the German Bishops' Conference on July 14th show that 221,390 people exited the Catholic Church last year. The figure was almost 19% lower than that of 2019, when a record 272,771 people departed. But it was higher than the 2018 figure of 216,078, reported by CNA Duschut, CNA's German language news partner. From LifeSite News, DNC planning to fact-check COVID-19 vaccine information in private text messages. The Biden administration has had enough with conservative opposition to its vaccination campaign, according to Politico. An article published on the left-leaning site Monday said the White House considers those opposed to the administration's COVID-19 campaign to be dangerous and extreme and is taking a more aggressive political posture in response. According to Politico, the White House decided to hit back harder on misinformation and scare tactics after Republican lawmakers and conservative activists pledged to fight the administration's stated plans to go door-to-door to increase vaccination rates. 
The pushback will include directly calling out social media platforms and conservative news should that permit such tactics. It is unclear how the DNC and fact-checkers intend to increase vaccine confidence by surveilling and censoring private communications and how exactly they plan to work with SMS carriers. It also remains to be seen whether the Abadian administration will publicly affiliate itself with the efforts. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Thursday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Um, I also want to thank Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, for generously sponsoring a portion of our program today. Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org. Praise be to God for your for your generous gift. Um, all right, so uh, Roy Schumann is supposed to join us here in just a moment. I want to mention this real quick, though. I woke up this morning to find that we had made the news. <laughs> the Catholic Drive Time Show had made the news. Uh, on LifeSite News, the headline goes like this. Bishop Schneider, suppression of Samoran Pontificum would be an abuse of power. Um, and so I was very intrigued by this, considering we just interviewed Bishop Schneider. I think it was uh, on, was it Friday last week? Uh, it was last week. And uh, yeah, it was Friday. And uh, and he, this whole, whole article is about our conversation on Catholic Drive Time with Bishop Schneider. And I did know that uh, it the conversation stirred up Twitter pretty good on Friday, which was nice to see, actually. Um, he, I thought this was interesting to me to see us uh, being uh, <laughs> highlighted like this. You know, it's unfortunate, though, because we, we got sick. Adrian um, uh, was sick on Friday. I ended up getting sick as a result, and we've not been back to the studio since he and I. So we haven't been able to upload any of the conversations we've been having since uh, with um, – uh, on our YouTube channel. So typically what happens is once we have the live conversation, um, we will then take the show and slice it up into smaller chunks. And we put those smaller chunks available as interviews on our CDT YouTube channel. But we've not been able to upload anything to that channel all week long because Adrian is out. So we haven't even followed up on this uh, on this particular conversation with Bishop Athanasius Snyder. But you can watch the entire uh, conversation, if you wish, along with the whole show on our GRN Online YouTube channel, as well as on Facebook. The show itself exists on uh, on Station of the Cross. It exists on Guadalupe Radio Network. It exists uh, elsewhere as well. So there are uh, lots of places to get it, and to include the uh, podcast version of our show, which is available on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But uh, I believe we're yeah, connecting good, with good Roy Showman okay, here. So, um, Roy, uh, me, I can uh, hear you. Good morning, Roy. How are you? Okay, so okay, uh, it sounds like I can hear and everything and you can see and everything. Roy, okay, good morning to you. You're on the air. Good morning. <laughs> good to you be here. Look. You got to love technology. I mean, it's the law. You have to love it. I mean, no matter what goes wrong. Uh, but it's good to see you, Roy. Thanks again for being on our program. We're very grateful to you. We, we actually have about, I don't know, four minutes or so before we have to go to a break. So let's jump right in. Roy Schroeman, Salvationist from the Jews. Good to have you back on our program. I want to, maybe we'll spend this first, uh, last four minutes or so and you can on your, your, your conversion story. Um, when we come back from the break, I want to get more particular about uh, how the Jews will be converted, how they will come into the church uh, before the uh, the second coming, if you will, and 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 whatnot. So maybe we start with uh, give us the elevator version of your of your conversion. 
Okay, it's only about three floors of the elevator. Um, <laughs> I born and raised Jewish. My parents Holocaust refugees. Um, took my Judaism very seriously. Became atheist, essentially at the time of university and thereafter. Uh, w- uh, went to Harvard Business School. Became professor at Harvard Business School. Um, got very depressed because life has no meaning or purpose, and we live and we die, and that's it. Had a theophany. Found myself in the presence of God saw my life and understood my life as though I were looking back over my life after death in the presence of God, understood everything in that light, um, knew that the meaning and purpose of my life was to worship and serve my Lord and Master and God who was revealing himself to me, but I did not know his name or who it was or what religion to follow. So um, after that experience, all I wanted to do was find out who this God was and what religion to follow. And so a year later, I had a very... um, profound and direct experience of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She offered to answer any questions I might have for her. I asked her a bunch of questions, which she answered, and that was enough for me to know that it was uh, Christ in the first experience who was my God, and to know who the Blessed Virgin Mary is, and therefore to find my way without too many deviations to the Catholic Church. Wow. I think that's only one floor of the elevator. (laughs) And you do do that so succinctly. It's amazing. Have you ever heard of Dr. Pakalik? Yeah, I know him well. So then you're familiar with his story at Harvard and how he only. No, actually. I'm not. I know him from the faculty of uh, Ave Maria, but. Um, and I know his life story from mutual friends, but I actually never heard him tell it. No. Well, it's interesting because we interviewed him again. Yet yeah, he was a returning guest as well yesterday. Now he was a student at, at Harvard and uh, a, a practical atheist, and he had he almost drowned. He was caught in a riptide, and uh, they happened to be sort of uh, in a remote location. He and a, and a evangelical friend, and the evangelical friend prayed to God out loud, "Please, God, save uh, Michael before he goes to hell." And uh, three men appeared on the beach, this remote beach, and uh, and jumped into the water and then saved him and then uh, brought him back to shore and then walked away, never saying a word. Uh, you know, so he has this incredible, uh, you know, sort of theophany. It's a, sort of something similar to what you, uh, you no, mentioned. So I'm theophany. wondering if there's a, there's a no, Harvard connection. I don't see any there. similarity at all. I don't see any similarity at all. Uh, mine was an, uh, an interior experience in the sense that... I see. I found myself in the presence of God and I was in communion with God and I saw my life as though I had died. Um, it was more in the genre in some sense of an after death experience. Um, there was nothing physical about it. There were no other, you know, in other words, um, I mean, it's very beautiful because obviously God knows exactly what to do in every situation with every person. Sure. Amen. Praise be to God. Well, I, at any rate, I was just sort of quipping, I guess, about the, the Harvard connection more than anything, making light of it. But uh, uh, we're very grateful uh, that you're on with us and you, you, you could share. We've, we've had that conversation about you, the details of your, uh, your experience and the beauty of Our Lady uh, getting involved in, uh, in directly into your life. I thought that was pretty profound. But uh, we're, gonna, we're up against a hard break here in a moment. And, uh, and uh, so I don't want to go too deep into that and have to cut that off. Uh, but rather, I would love to... To, uh, to look at, we come back from the break about the sort of the parallels, the the typology, the sort of the roots of uh, Judaism in Catholicism, and how the Lord plans to bring the Jews into the fold uh, completely. Uh, when we come back from this break, the author of Salvation is from the Jews. Roy Shulman is our guest. So don't go anywhere. Got the drive time. Be right back and headed your way. 
In chapter 4 of his rule, St. Benedict reminds us never despair of God's mercy. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. This important phrase catches us by surprise because he slips it in at the end of a long list of good works we should practice. St. Benedict is reminding us that when we have done all we are supposed to, we must finally entrust everything to God's mercy. We believe that God is so merciful that he sent his Son to suffer and die in order to restore the beautiful creation we had disfigured by our sin. Only God's mercy can, in the end, repair all the evil and hurts that we inflict on one another. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E MinuteMonk.com If we can just remember God's mercy in times of trouble, We can bear these difficulties and look forward to that day when all will be healed. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Roy Schoeman is our guest. He is uh, the author of Salvation is from the Jews. Great book, by the way. Uh, you can check him out online. Salvation is from the Jews.com. He, uh, Roy, welcome back. You also have a radio show on uh, Radio Maria, correct? I have a weekly show on Radio Maria, and I have a, a daily uh, live podcast. And the podcast is on YouTube. It's on YouTube, on my channel on YouTube, which is also called Salvation is from the Jews, which was the title of my first book. Which is uh, an amazing book, by the way. So let's talk about that then. Um, I, I, love, uh, I love the typology. I, love, I like uh, seeing our liturgy, our faith, our patrimony um, through the eyes, uh, not being a Jew myself, having you know, uh, no real uh, understanding of what that's like. When I when I'm given glimpses of what it's like for say a, a first century Jewish person to to experience the gospel, boy, I find that very interesting. As I'm pretty an outsider, old, but I wouldn't call myself a first century Jewish person. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you one either, but I guess the point I was making is when I when I when I hear Jews or when I'm scholars giving us trying to give us an insight like this, I find it interesting as an outsider looking in. And uh, as a Jewish person, I wondered if you would share with us what it's like for you to see the gospel from Jewish eyes. Um, the reason I wrote my book, Salvation is from the Jews, is because I did not see a, a basic uh, discontinuity between Judaism and the Catholic Church. It seemed painfully obvious to me that the Catholic Church was post-Messianic Judaism, and Judaism was essentially pre-Messianic Catholicism. And it was one in the same plan for salvation, which centered around the incarnation of God as man, who we know as Jesus Christ, or as the Jews know as the Messiah. And so it was simply, it was one story that uh, began, I, I like to think of it as beginning with Adam and Eve, but you could say it became, began with Abraham and is going to run until the second coming with the central event, the incarnation of God as man, 
being the pivot point, the turning point, so to speak, between the pre-incarnational relationship between God and man, which was Judaism, and the post-incarnational, which was the Catholic Church. Hmm. Would it be fair to think of it in terms of like uh, a parent talking to a young child, and they would talk cryptically, or they would talk in uh, sort of generalities, and as the child gets older, they'd be more specific or more precise, more more detailed. Is that uh, a, can we look back on the Old Testament and and the customs and the practices and the liturgies from that kind of a perspective, or is that just too simple? I, I would not see it that way. I would see it more like the difference between the infant in the womb and then being born into the world. Because, in fact, the story, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament isn't primarily a difference in how God chose to speak to people. It's a difference in the fundamental relationship between God and man. Uh, with the incarnation of Christ, the divine nature and the human nature flow together in one person and are in in a state of union for all eternity, and we benefit from that. The, the indwelling Holy Spirit was made possible through the incarnation. The relationship between God and man, in some sense, was made possible. The current relationship, the sacramental relationship which we have as, as Catholics, was made possible by the incarnation. So, of course, God's relationship with man was different in the Old Testament. So, um, when it comes to looking at, uh, like, liturgy, for instance, were you, was there anything that, when you first had uh, your experience and you knew that you had to follow, uh, uh, you know, uh, into Christianity, when you started to attend the Catholic side, because I know you started Protestant uh, in your story, but was there anything that surprised you uh, how Jewish the roots really were? Well, the truth is that um, my entry into the Catholic Church came through religious communities, primarily through the Carthusian community. Hmm. Um, but then later I, I was associated with the Benedictine monastery and so forth. And it was the, essentially it was the Tridentine Rite. So when I was in a Tridentine Rite Catholic world, I saw a tremendous continuity between the Jewish liturgy and the Catholic liturgy. Mm. And I was rather shell-shocked when I was finally exposed to a typical contemporary parish where I saw no continuity because the essence of a Jewish relationship to God is, um, is this profound you know, reverence and sacramental sense and separation between the mundane and the divine. That's reflected, obviously, if you look at like Orthodox Jews with the way they dress and that they don't touch women and they don't eat ordinary food and so forth. There is this sense of separation and elevation associated with making connection to God, which I am sorry to say is less evident, can we say, yeah. in um, the more you know typical Novus Ordo parish context. Roy Schoeman is our guest. Salvation is from the Jews. Uh, Salvation is from the Jews dot com is his website. You should check it out. Uh, so, would you say then that uh, I've never been to a synagogue? I would know what to expect or what it was, what it would be like if I went to a synagogue uh, right now. Now, I, we, I, my family, we go to a TLM uh, every Sunday, uh, except for right now, I'm sick, so I can't go. But uh, uh, if I went to a synagogue, um, not that I should, but if I did, you could pass. <laughs> really. I mean, beard, and, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> as long as I have the right, you know, right appearance. Huh? But what, what you're saying? I, would I feel uh, like it was somewhat familiar? 
Would I feel um, like would actually, I recognize if you the went, elements? If 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 it's a TLM, yeah. If you're used to the TLM context, I mean the the um, the altar is oh, it's called a dais, but it's elevated. In the center, there is the Ark of the Covenant with the eternal flame burning above it, which is supposed to never go out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Torah scroll is uh, treated with tremendous reverence and is not to be touched by ordinary hands, just like the Eucharist is not to be touched by ordinary hands. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the tabernacle is supposed to be, you know, in the center line of the church and uh, there's supposed to be a, a light burning uh, perpetually there and so forth. Um, the, um, the first reading, there's a first reading and a second reading. The first reading in the synagogue service is from the prophets, essentially the Haftorah, just like the first reading in uh, uh, at the mass is the epistle reading or the, the old Testament reading. And then there's a second reading from the Torah and the, the, it's the second reading from the Torah that's the super sacred thing, whereas the first reading is kind of preparation, just like the first reading and this, you know, and it's the gospel you stand for, right, at church and so forth. So there are the, the liturgies have a lot of um, surface parallels. Yeah. Wow. I find that very fascinating. But so, okay, um, would the average Jew, the, I mean, I wouldn't. Average. What would the average do? Just simply, if they if they were to come to this sort of understanding that there were so many parallels, so many things that were similar, and it wouldn't feel totally foreign to them, would they? Wouldn't they just say, "Well, the Christians stole that from us"? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so they they would not be convinced then, just simply because there were so many connections. No, but, but the nice thing is when when they're already kind of converted, they f- still feel at home. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think is the true, uh, uh, so then maybe you can enunciate for us, what is the true meaning of those connections, those parallels? Why, why did God, uh, design it such that, uh, we see the full flowering in Catholicism or what started as maybe a seed form in, in Judaism? Maybe it has something to do with Jesus being Jewish yeah, and all amen. of the apostles <laughs> being Jewish and all of the disciples being uh, Jewish. Yeah. Well, there's something to that for sure, but, uh, I, I find it very fascinating. Uh, you know, Especially like uh, Dr. Brand Petrie's book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. I'm not sure if you've read that or what your opinion is of it. But uh, one of the aspects I particularly loved of that work was uh, the showbread. And how once a year, uh, I think was it the Fe- Feast of Pentecost, or I, I, they would bring out all the men would gather and they'd bring out the t- the golden tables that ha- had the the twelve uh, cakes of bread, and they would lift it up and say, "Behold, God's love for you." Th- this bread that you know one day this was foreshadowing of the Holy Eucharist to come. I find that utterly fascinating that God is, through salvation history is is pointing the way of something greater to come all along, like clues, like he's written a novel. And I just find that truly fascinating. And I wonder if, if for those Jews that do come into the church, is this their feeling? Is it some sort of euphoric, wow, we had this gift and now it's, it's really come to life? Uh, definitely, yeah. Although, of course, Bram Petrie was a you know, wonderful deep scholar and um, you know what he exposes is not known to Jews today because the temple doesn't exist. But definitely all of the promise of Judaism, which we grew up with, which we didn't really know what it meant, you know, that we we're to be the light to the world and so forth, we realized was actually true. We were the chosen people. We were chosen to bring salvation to the whole world through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. 
Well, we're down to just about a minute left. So when uh, and how will the Jews come into the church? You got about 60 seconds, but I'm sure. When good Catholics start praying again for the conversion of the Jews. (laughs) That's the purpose of my ministry. Yeah. Amen. I mean, uh, I think, uh, do you find, I know we have seconds left. I wish we had more time, but do you find that uh, there's a sort of an acceptance Oh, the Jews can be Jews and Catholics can be Catholics and that's just fine. And we sort of miss our chance to, to pray for them to come into the fullness. I think it was a terrible loss that came in the last 50, 60, 70 years. That exactly, there used to be a passion to pray for the conversion of the Jews. There used to be orders for it. There used to be sodalities for it. There used to be prayers for it in the liturgy. And that's all gone by the wayside in this I'm okay, you're okay version of Catholicism. Hmm. Wow. So pray for the Jews. We need to add that to our prayer card today. Second coming can't happen until the Jews convert. Paragraph 674, (laughs) the glorious Messiah's coming is suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel. Look at it in catechism. All right. Praise be to God. All right. So uh, your website is SalvationFromTheJews.com. Your YouTube channel is also Salvation From The Jews. Salvation is from the Jews. Ah, forgive me. SalvationIsFromTheJews.com and also on YouTube. And you have a daily live uh, feed? Yeah, I do. All right. Praise be to God. Check out Roy Showman on SalvationIsFromTheJews.com. And uh, also his YouTube and his radio show would be grateful to you. God bless you, Roy. Thank you for your time again today. We're very appreciative. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We have survived it. We're grateful you were a part of it. If you can join us for the second hour, we would love to have you. We're going to have our game show, Fear and Trembling, and it's always a lot of fun. You could win prizes. You can hang out with us on our website if you'd like. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible clearly says that Jesus had brothers and sisters, but the Catholic Church teaches that Mary was a perpetual virgin. How can that be? Mark 6 verse 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Point number one to consider. There is no word for cousin or for nephew or for niece, aunt, uncle in ancient Hebrew or Aramaic. The words that the Jews used in all those instances were brother or sister. An example of this can be seen in Genesis 14, 14, where Lot, who was Abraham's nephew, is called his brother. Another point to consider, would the last thing that Jesus did on earth be to grievously offend his surviving brothers? Right before Jesus dies, John 19 tells us that Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to the apostle John. If Mary had any other sons, this would have been an incredible slap in the face to them that the apostle John was entrusted with the care of their mother. Also, we see from Matthew 27, 55, and 56 that the James and Josephs mentioned in Mark 6 as the brothers of Jesus are actually the sons of another Mary. 
And one other passage to consider. Acts 1 verses 14 to 15 speaks of a company of about 120 persons that consist of the apostles, the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Let's see. There were 11 apostles at the time. Jesus' mother makes 12. The women, probably the same three women mentioned at the crucifixion in Matthew 27, but let's say it was maybe a dozen or two, just for argument's sake. That puts us up to 30 or 40 or so. So that leaves the number of Jesus' brothers at about 80 or 90, according to this scripture passage. Do you think Mary had 80 or 90 children? She would have been in perpetual labor. No, scripture does not contradict the teaching of the Catholic Church about the brothers of Jesus when scripture is interpreted in proper context. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We just uh, wrapped up a good conversation with Roy Showman from SalvationIsFromTheJews.com. Great website. You should check it out. Uh, good book. I, he wrote it many years ago, 20 years or something ago, but very good. I, I encourage you to, uh, to read it. It's a good conversion story, but it's also good information about uh, the, uh, the Jewish roots of Catholicism. You know, I just find it very fascinating. So uh, Roy Sherman was on. And then, of course, Aaron Dempsey. We had a conversation about biking for babies. Great way to maybe raise funds for your local pregnancy uh, uh, center, your uh, clinic. That would be awesome. And have a good time doing it. Right now, there are, she said, 50 people biking 100 miles per day for six days. Right now on four different routes, all ending in St. Louis, I think she said. And uh, so what a wonderful opportunity to uh, raise funds and have fun doing it so biking for babies.com was her website but in this hour we are going to uh play our our game of course our trivia game and hopefully somebody will have an opportunity to possibly win this week's prize we're looking forward to that so uh, stick around 15 past the hour we'll give out the phone number and you could be our contestant possibly winning a very cool prize today good morning to you janelle good morning mr joe and what is the prize this week? You can win two of for two rosaries. One is called the Hosanna Rosary, made with genuine Hosanna. olive wood beads imported from wow. Israel, and green strawberry quartz beads reminiscent of the palm leaves used to welcome Jesus into Jerusalem. And then nice. the second one is a string of St. Therese sacrifice beads made with white lace agate beads, a St. Therese silhouette medal, and a St. Therese roses crucifix. It's made with 10 beads, and it's basically every time you do an act of love or sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, you pull a bead. And it challenges you to, like, I guess, um, uh, to constantly make um, these acts of love each and every single day. So thank you wow. so much to Humble Heart Rosaries for these wonderful two gifts for this nice. week. 
Praise be to God. Humble heart rosaries. Thank you for your generous support of our show. We're very, very grateful to you. Someone is going to win these two, two sets, uh, on, on, I guess tomorrow. Today's Thursday, right? Today's wow. Thursday. It's oh, the week flies. has just been, the week has been crazy. Okay. Adrian's still out sick. I'm at home sick, still doing the show. And the days, they're just all blending together at this point. But, uh, tomorrow we will, we'll pull a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence and God's will be done. It could be you, dear listener. But if you haven't been, haven't gotten your chance in the cup, well, today you'll get three chances. All you have to do is be our caller when we give out the phone number or pro level tip. You can just go to our website, find the phone number, call in early. That's possible. 877. Oh, nope. I'm not going to do it. I, I, the, the website is grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, David Mangianis. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Uh, Praise be to God. Love that. So little- I have the days blended together for you. Yeah, it's been the longest week uh, for me. and uh, yeah, But I it's bet. it's blending, and uh, it, it's funny. I just trying to uh, do all these different things, and uh, it, yes, it's blending. <laughs> it feels like so get, long and so short at the same time. I didn't know that right. was possible. <laughs> when you get the phone call that says, uh, David, I need you to jump into the deep end of the pool. Just ignore those sharks <laughs> in the pool of blood. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I said yes on Sunday, I said yes uh, to Adrian, and uh, I, I had no idea what I was jumping into. Yeah, well... We're glad you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's been really fun. Uh, I just, I'm very blessed to be able to share in your program, in this ministry, in this Amen. radio piece, and uh, I love it. So thank you so much. All right. Praise be to God. Well, we're grateful you're here. All right. So that's what we're going to be doing this first half hour of the radio show is uh, going to do a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus Janelle's breaking news stories, all good news. Then we'll play the Fear and Trembling game, and you could be the winner. Uh, who knows? And then, of course, we'll go off of radio and stay on social media for the after show. Hopefully, I will last that long, and uh, and we'll conversate with you about whatever it is you would like to conversate about. You get to drive that conversation on the social feed. But let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the good news with Janelle A. The Chesterton Society will feature Babylon B CEO at 40th Annual Conference. Maryland's parish Catholic schools rooting for their own Olympic swimmers. Reported from the Catholic News Agency, from child soldier to Catholic priest, Father Mbikioyo lives to give hope to the hopeless. A Catholic priest is returning to the land where he was once abducted to give hope to those who have lost hope. For the past seven years, Father Charles Mbikioyo has studied philosophy at the Pontifical Urban University in Rome. He told EWTN News In-Depth July 9th. But his story starts in what is now southern Sudan, where he entered seminary at age 12 years in 1988. His studies there were interrupted one year later when rebels came knocking at the door in the middle of the night and threatened the seminarians to open the door. They reluctantly walked outside where the rebels ordered them to gather their belongings and leave with them for education. Father Mbakoyo, along with 40 other boys and their rector, were captured. 
The first thing they said Father Mbikoyo recalled was that anybody who escapes will be shot dead. For the next three months, the boys went underwent a rigorous military training. We lost hope of returning home, he said. We lost hope of going back to school. We lost hope of becoming priests, which was our initial intention. But the seminary's rector refused to be set free and insisted on staying with the boys. The, the words of the rector used to give me hope, Father Mbikoyo said, used to make me understand that, yes, there is a God who can protect us. After months of captivity, he found a way to escape with four other boys. They survived a perilous journey that included crossing two rivers where deadly animals swam. When we escaped, we went to the town called Ye, he said. He resumed his seminary training there until the rebels threatened him again. The Red Cross picked them up back home, he said, and the seminary moved from Remens to Nazara to avoid the rebels, but they still followed, found them intact again. That's when Father Mbikoyo left the country and re relocated to the Central African Republic. After living there for three years, he traveled to Uganda to continue his education. I stayed for so many years without seeing my parents, around eight or nine years, he estimated. Because I was in exile, we were afraid that when we got to go back home, they could conscript us. He was eventually ordained in 2007 after the Second Sundanese Civil War ended. When I became a priest, I said, this is my true vocation, he stressed. Because with all the suffering, maybe I could, would have gone away from the seminary thinking that this is not my call. Why should I have all this kind of suffering in my life? I realized that no, that's my vocation, he concluded. After finishing his studies in Rome, Father Mbikoyo is preparing to return to South Sudan. My country is troubled and everyone is traumatized. So as a priest, when I go back, my role is, my mission is, to give hope to those who have lost hope, he says. Among other things, he hopes to use his experience for good and to help rehabilitate other soldiers. I will encourage them to embrace their faith and also to pursue the vocation each one wants to choose, he said, whatever, whatever that might be. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Thursday. Our Saint of the Day, Blessed Anne Mary Javohe. She was born November 10th, 1779 in Jalanges, France. Daughter of a wealthy farmer, she grew up during the French Revolution and saw her family risk everything by hiding priests. She was a pious girl who wanted to devote herself to teaching children and helping the poor. In 1800, she had a vision in Besicon where she was surrounded by a group of black children but did not understand that at the time. In 1807, she and eight friends at Cabillon started, started the group that would become the Congregation of St. Joseph, Joseph of Cluny, which was formally founded in 1812 when the group purchased an old friar at Cluny to act of Mother House. The group was dedicated to teaching and soon became famous for its innovative techniques and established houses in Europe, Africa, and South America. In 1834, the French government sent her to French Guiana, where she was, where she was to teach 600 Guianan slaves who were about to receive their freedom. She spent nine years there teaching, fulfilling her vision. In 1843, she returned to her homeland to work on establishing houses in other countries. She died July 15, 1851 in Paris, France of natural causes. She was beatified October 15, 1950 by Pope Pius XII. Blessed Anne Mary Javohe, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, 
verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, my my yoke is easy, my burden light. You know, last hour I, t- I was trying to touch upon the typologies or the parallels, one with, uh, you know, Jesus being um, the wisdom itself, right? But then I, Jesus is a new, someone greater than Solomon is here. When Solomon, uh, I think sometimes has a, we remember him with rosy glasses, but at the end of his reign, it wasn't good. He was practicing paganism with his pagan wives, which he had married so many in order to create these uh, treaties and covenant relations with these uh, neighboring kingdoms. Uh, and he was collecting all of this massive wealth from his uh from his vassal kingdoms and whatnot. And he was the burden, the tax burden alone was heavy. And so in first Kings chapter 12, when his son takes over Rehoboam, you know, and they're begging him, please, uh, you know, ease the burden of your father. Rehoboam gets cocky and he, he doubles down and it breaks the back of Israel and, and uh, the Northern tribes split off, which leads to their decimation under Assyria, et cetera, et cetera. So at any rate, uh, I find that fascinating because he's here, uh, Jesus is here saying to the Jews, you know, evoking this image in their mind of King Solomon, you know, about the, the burden and the yoke taking on this, uh, this uh, yoke that's unlike Solomon, who, whose yoke was heavy and burdensome, mind is easy and light. St. Chrysostom, fear not the yoke of Christ, for it is a yoke of the greatest sweetness. Be not disheartened when he mentions a burden, because it is a burden exceedingly light. If then our Savior says that the way of virtue is exceedingly narrow, and replete with difficulties and dangers. We must call to mind that it is so to the slothful only. Perform, therefore, with alacrity what is required, and then will all things be easy. The burden will be light and the yoke sweet. St. Chrysostom, pretty powerful. Um, St. Bernard would say that our Savior, our Savior, sweetens by the spiritual unction of his grace all the crosses, penances, and mortifications of religious souls. St. Austin says that before he knew the power of grace, he could never comprehend what chastity was, nor believe that anyone was able to practice it, but the grace of God renders all things easy. And this kind of reminds me of, of uh, like, for instance, St. Augustine, who said, give me chastity, but not yet, right? So in his... Uh, Augustine's Confessions, he talks about how he was sowing his wild oats, so to speak, and was avoiding this conversion for the longest time until he he got to the point where he could avoid it no more. And I think this is true. Before we have our interior conversion, we look upon religion like a burden. We look upon rules and and, and these things, and we think of of relationship versus uh, religion as burdensome. But it's once we've had that conversion, that that moment where we have met Christ truly and sincerely, and we have said our fiat, our yes, that we now can embrace this gift of faith, this gift of religion that he has bestowed upon us, like a kid in a, in a playground. 
gets to explore and to crawl and to and to uh, just enjoy to find to learn what's next i mean this is part of the reason why we do the game show the way we do because we want to learn what comes next saint augustine would say any other burden oppresses and crushes you but christ actually takes the weight off of you any other burden weighs down but christ gives you wings yeah amen time to fly it's time to fly taking on the yoke of christ putting your burdens in his lap uh, is the way to do it all right we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back and we're going to play our game fear and trembling to be the contestant you're welcome to do so the phone number is 877-757-9424 going to come back from the break fear and trembling is coming up next don't go anywhere have fun. Right back. can we be happy without god atheists say yes we christians say yes but only to a certain extent what's our oh, reason man. There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite it. in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Uh, Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and uh, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Praise be to God. And uh, what we'd like to do here on the game show is we like to uh, do a few things. So please do me a favor and don't share this publicly, but just keep this between us. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we find teachable moments and questions that you might learn something new. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have fun in the, in the process, and our callers tend to be a good time, laughing right along with us and enjoying the moment, and we like that a lot. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. And uh, the, so here's the deal. If you're just joining us, we don't ask the caller the question. So the caller doesn't even need to know the answers to, uh, to win which kind of makes it even more fun. Instead, I will ask Janelle and I will ask David, 
One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or David? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And again, Janelle, what could they win? You can win two rosaries from Humble Heart Rosaries, owned and operated by Melissa, a Catholic convert, wife, and mother. She will be sponsoring a Hosanna rosary made with genuine olive wood beads imported from Israel and a string of St. Therese sacrifice beads. Thank you so much, Humble Heart Rosaries, for your wonderful donation. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Humble Heart Rosaries, we're very grateful to you. All right. Let's go to the phones, and we are grateful to everyone who tries to call in to be a contestant. Don't forget, tomorrow, if you don't get on today, you get three more chances tomorrow. Call in early, and you might have your opportunity. But let's go to Chris. Good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Chris. Thanks for calling. Where are you calling from? Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola, Florida's on the board. Jesus, we haven't had a uh, Florida caller in some time. We're very grateful to you. Where do you go to church down there? St. John the Evangelist Church. Nice. Now, I have been to Mass one time when I was in Florida, Pensacola, Florida, a couple years back, and it was at the Basilica. Uh, Have you been to the Basilica, Chris? You must have. St. Michael's, yes. Now, that has a very interesting claim to fame. Can you share that with us? First church built in Florida, in Pensacola. The first Holy Mass said in America. Wow. Okay. Yes, by one of the conquistadors. Wow, awesome. Father Calipari is the pastor. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow. When we went to Mass, there was no electricity, so it was all candlelight, so it was kind of (laughs) cool. Praise be to God. Uh, At any rate, Chris, we're very grateful for you being on our program today. Now, have you been listening? Do you know how the game is played? I do. Good, good. So you know these two can be very tricky then, and you got to listen carefully. As long as they read the answer that they're supposed to read. <laughs> <laughs> I, however, am on your side, Chris, so uh, let's get you in this cup today. Are you ready to play? Go ahead. I'm ready. All right. Janelle, we'll start with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm there. I'm so ready. Are you sure? Yes, I'm ready. All right, that music's a little loud there, David. Okay, here we go. Now, in what country did Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal appear? The Miraculous Medal? Correct. Oh, hmm. I'm going to go with Mm -hmm. Poland. Really? Yes, Poland. Interesting. Hmm, Okay. Sounds reasonable. Yes. A lot of... uh, pious and uh, holy catholics in poland let's just uh see what mr david says here david can you tell me in what country did our lady of the miraculous medal appear okay our lady of the miraculous medal uh you know it's it's got to be one of the uh great countries there in europe so i'm gonna go with france joe Mm. france joe and that's my final answer that's your final answer Okay, okay. Yeah, France. Yeah. And you, you said great countries of Europe, you said. Well, uh, <laughs> beautiful, maybe? Let me change that. Beautiful. One of beautiful te- countries. I'm teasing. I'm only teasing. Okay. So David is on the hook for France, and uh, Miss Janelle is on the hook for Poland. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Chris, what say you? I'm going with David. Viva la France. 
Viva la France, he says. Viva la Survey France. says. Congratulations, Chris. Yeah. You are, of course, Woo! correct. France. Francais. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. Tour de France oui, is oui. going on right now. Is oh, it? Yeah. Yeah, they wow. had a rough start. I apparently, I didn't know that was still a thing. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> it just showed up on TV one day, and like, wow, okay, wow, all right. That was pretty easy, Chris. You knew that one, right? I did. Yeah, praise be to God. Congratulations, you are in the coffee cup of divine providence, sir. You could win. Uh, let's see if we can't double your chances today, though. Let's go with uh, David for this next question. David, yes. What virtues? does the lily symbolize? Now, I'm thinking of St. Joseph here, the lily on the end of his staff. What virtues does the lily symbolize? Okay, so uh, I'm going to... This one's kind of tough, but, you know, uh, just thinking about the lily and and it's got four letters. I'm going to go with hope because that's got four letters. Hope. Sounds reasonable. Lily. Could be. Four letters. Hope is four letters. So, you know, just trying to tie everything together. Somebody thought of that, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Let's just see what Janelle says first, though. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me, what virtues does the lily symbolize? Well, a lot of the lilies depicted in Catholic art are um, white. And so I'm going to say that the lily symbolizes chastity and purity. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Chastity and purity. That's what Janelle had to say. Whereas David had to say hope. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Chris, what say you? Sorry, David. I'm going with Janelle. (laughs) (laughs) Survey says... Duh! Where's my duh button? I need need a home button for duh. (laughs) Duh! You knew that, right, Chris? There's no fool in here. Yeah, I thought yeah, I had. Easy. I thought I had them with the four-letter uh, clue there. Yeah, the four-letter clue. That's like a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing, dude. Yeah, of course. Four Who's picking four? these questions? This is like all easy question Thursday today. <laughs> Sorry, it's either all like, easy or all hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's next? Name primary colors. I mean, wow. <laughs> Chastity and purity. Pretty straightforward, Chris. I'm proud of you, though. You are in the cup twice. Uh, you have a great chance of winning by this point. How do you feel? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Amen. Praise be to God. All right. Let's see if we can't triple your chances. We'll go back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me? Could priests wear beards in the Western Roman Rite of the church? Beards? Could priests wear beards mm. in the western rite of the church. Now, I, I'm, the way this is written, it seems to lack some context in the yeah. question. It yeah. says, could priests wear beards? Maybe this was some time ago, some but I'm guessing ago. there's a point in the past where this question is referring to. Could they wear beards? Hmm. I'm going to go with no. Why? I'm going to go with no. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> you had to choose. I, I think because it, I, I guess it gives a, a cleaner image to um, the priesthood, and it doesn't get okay. in the way when mm-hmm. um, they're um, doing um, the whole the mass thing, like um, when they're receiving the uh-huh. Eucharist. It doesn't get in the way. It's just yeah. the, um, they're just receiving uh, Jesus. Huh. Yeah. Huh. You're, I would assume you have a bias against beards. I see. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I mean, 
Mm. All right, let's go to David, the beardless one. David, can you tell me, could priests wear beards in the Western Rite of the church? I'm going to say yes, because uh, Jesus had a beard, right? Jesus, Peter. uh, John didn't. Well, yeah, didn't. two verses one. So uh, <laughs> I'm going with, you know, uh, some of the other guys I'm sure had beards as well. So, yeah, you know, of course they did. Of course. Yeah. You know, they didn't have razors either. Right. Uh, so, well, yeah, sure. Mm. Sure. Flint. They had Flint rocks. Yeah, they could they could shave. Flint. So I'm going to go with. Uh, yeah, of course. Why not? Of course. All right. Well, 50 50 shot here. David is on the hook for. Yes, of course, they can have beards and. Janelle is absolutely not. They may not have beards. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's confused? I don't know. Chris, what say you? Yeah, it's such an off-the-wall question, but I'm going to go with Janelle just as a 50-50. Put the coin. <laughs> you're saying David is untrustworthy. I see where you're going with this. But survey says... Congratulations. Not wise choice, Chris. Three for three. Choice. <laughs> three perfect score. Wow. Yeah, that is an off-the-wall question. Um, unfortunately, that's one of the downsides to the questions is sometimes they don't give us the context you're really looking for. <laughs> but my, my, my guess is on this question is this probably was at some time in the past, it was for verboten. There'd be no way a priest could uh, be given the permission to have a beard or something. And that's obviously changed because many priests have beards now uh, being so yep. glorious and all. Uh, all right, Chris, congratulations. Three times in the coffee cup. Your chances are pretty excellent, sir. Mm. Well, thank you, and God bless you. God bless you, too. I don't know what's on your agenda today, but we'll be praying for you, and we're very glad we got a Pensacola caller today. God love you, and have a great day. We're going to put you on hold, though, Chris, so we can get your phone number just in case it be God's will that your name come out of that cup. Have a good day, sir. Thank you, and God bless you again. God bless you. All right, that's going to do it for the radio side of our program. Thanks for uh, going through it with us. We always love hanging out with you. Come back tomorrow if you can. We'd love to see you. If you want, hang out with us on our website for the after show, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And we will have an after show for the next half hour where you get to drive that conversation, whatever's on your heart, your mind. We can talk about that. Or Facebook or YouTube. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. For more Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show of uh, Catholic Drive Time, where we talk a lot more casually about whatever it is that's on your, your mind, your heart. Whatever you want to discuss is on the agenda. All you got to do is comment and uh, let us know what is on your mind. And if you're brand new here, you've never commented before, please let us know that you're a first-time commenter so we can lavish some extra love upon you. We love our first-time commenters. 
I am a. I feel like I'm just complaining, basically whining and crying about you know what was me. But uh, have you have you because I'm not feeling well. I'm not still not feeling a hundred percent. For me, mostly, it is like foggy brain and it is a lack of energy and just sort of like a general state of nauseousness sometimes that kind of comes and goes. So it's a struggle for me, but uh, nonetheless, praise be to God. Have you, David? Do you do you remember those uh, that commercial that came out? I don't know, a couple of years ago. It was an English uh, commercial from England about uh, a guy who uh, called in nine one one because he had a man cold. Do you remember that? A man no. cold. No, well, no. What is man cold? <laughs> uh, keep going with that. What's this? What's this about? Uh, a man cold. A, a man, man cold. cold. Yeah. If you. Uh, you know, it, it, is it contagious? <laughs> no, I wish we could play that. I mean, I'm sure you could find it on YouTube, um, and you could play the uh, the audio or the video of it on on the stream if, on the from the laptop. But uh, at any rate, his, uh, this, the scene goes like this: This guy calls in. Uh, he's sick, you know, on his couch, and he calls in a man cold. And the uh, the authorities, like a SWAT team, drop everything to come to his rescue. And <laughs> And the woman, his wife or whatever, is like, "What the what? What, what is going on?" You know, and and they're like, "Well, he, the man has a, a man cold woman. What is wrong with you?" She's like, "A man cold. What do you? What, what's a man cold?" And uh, and they give her a bell, and uh, and and, he, and they're like, "This is very important. Now listen carefully. Every time he rings this bell, you are to come and you are to gently uh, caress his head and say, "Poor little bunny." <laughs> 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 oh, little bunny. <laughs> oh, little bunny. Oh, wow. I kind of feel like that. That's kind of how I feel right now. <laughs> it's mm, like, I got you. It's kind of how it feels. But uh, the man cold. Yeah, but if you but if you YouTubed a man cold commercial, you'll find what I'm talking about. It's hilarious. It's actually quite funny. <laughs> She's like, but what about me? And they're like, get a hold of yourself, woman. <laughs> He's got a man cold. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, course, of course. Of yeah. course. Uh, Tammy, good morning to you. Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Elizabeth, good morning to you. Uh, Eric, good morning to you. Regina Pontes. Now, are you a brand new commenter, Regina? Praise be to God, if so. I don't think I've uh, noticed your comment before. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for uh, commenting for the first time. I'm guessing she's commenting about Roy. Yes. Uh, She's been trying to interview him herself. I'm not sure where you're... You might have a podcast or something, a radio show. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, you should, hopefully, you'll get him. He's a great interview. Praise be to God. Uh, Angelo, good morning. Now, Angelo has asked us to pray for him because Angelo is uh, submitting for the diaconate, the permanent diaconate. So, God's yes, will we'll be done, be praying Angelo. for you. Definitely be praying for you, my friend. Uh, Jeff Burrier, good morning to you. And good morning to your clan as well. Mr. Thomas uh, from Florida. Uh, we had another Florida caller today. I was very excited about that. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Thomas. Solomon the Wise did not do well at the end of his of his reign. Fascinating. I did not know that. Yeah, that's the problem with Solomon, isn't it? You know, um, Solomon, um, when he became king, he could be given anything and he asked for wisdom. Very smart very good thing to do and so because he asked for that everything else was given now the thing about solomon is he he is he's got 700 wives and you know 300 concubines so he's basically got he's got uh you know a house full of ladies now the issue with that is 
he was marrying the daughters of, of, of local kings. And that was a way to create uh, alliances. It was a way to create covenant relationships and, um, and extend your, your boundaries. You know, basically, if, if you marry the neighbor's wife, you probably aren't going to be attacking the neighbor, you know, that kind of thing. But because he was marrying these pagan uh, pagans, these pagans were bringing their paganism into his house. So, uh, unfortunately, he was not, rather than converting them into the, the religion God established, he was being uh, swayed by them into their false religions. And so there is, uh, in fact, we see how King Solomon actually offers incense to, to a pagan uh, idol in sacred scripture. This is not good. This is terrible. And when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 17, now the book of Deuteronomy was written for the kings of Israel. It's a history of Israel written for the kings of Israel, written by the kings of Israel. So in fact, it was required that the king write his own copy of the book of Deuteronomy and keep it. And Deuteronomy 17, there were three things that uh, the king must never do. He must never multiply gold. He must never multiply wives and he must never multiply horses. And the horses especially cannot come from Egypt. Those, that's the requirement in Deuteronomy 17 for the king of Israel. What is it? What does Solomon do? Solomon has 700 wives and 300 concubines, pretty much multiplying wives. Solomon uh, has 666 gold talents given to him every year. <laughs> Again, uh, 666, is that ever a good number in sacred scripture? No, never. What is it illustrating? Just how bad things are. It's illustrating how, how bad things have gotten, uh, that he is receiving not only multiplying gold, but he's, he's uh, multiplying at 666 talents. A talent itself is a massive number. 666 of them is an accentuation, a bad accentuation of a massive number. And then, of course, multiplying horses, and those horses from Egypt. Well, uh, he had such a large cavalry that he had to have whole cities, like bases, set up just for his cavalry. It was so large. And he got those horses where? From Egypt. So he broke all three of those rules. Um, Dr. John Bergsma has done a great work in really diving into this point. He is a professor of scripture at Steubenville. And uh, if you can get a hold of some of his work on this topic, it is really, really good. It's really, really fantastic. Dr. John Bergsma. Um, I'm sure if you Google that, you might even find lectures on the subjects. Uh, uh, St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology used to host a lot of lectures from him on on uh, biblical typology, and and there's some stuff there as well. So, really good. At any rate, uh, this is why. This is why at the end of Solomon's life, when Rehoboam, his son, takes over, 1 Kings chapter 12, you're going to see how Rehoboam acts arrogantly and um, basically increases the burden. The people were begging Rehoboam, okay, please, Rehoboam, your dad's tax burdens were so heavy, please go light on us. And he, he thinks about it, and he consults his his uh, his buddies, his young, immature, who what the heck would they ever know? Buddies, and his buddies are like, don't let them tell you what to do. You gotta you gotta be a man. And then they start, um, you know, egging him on. Well, 
when Rehoboam responds to these to the people and their request, he ends up breaking the back of Israel, and they end up splitting up into two. The northern tribes moved nor, uh, split off, and it got so bad, so there was like these parallel Rehoboam and Jeroboam, right? There's a reason why their names are so similar. They're, they're competing. They're parallel. So Jeroboam takes over as king in the north, and Rehoboam takes over as king in the south. Well, Jeroboam does not want any of the people going down to Jerusalem to worship, so he cuts it off. And he sets up what? The golden calf. He brings back the golden calf and introduces pagan idolatry back into the worship of the people again. Is that a good thing? That's a terrible thing. These are all bad things. So I I I, I like to think on these on this particular topic because it illustrates down to the practical level the role of father. King Solomon's job was to be a father to his people. And when when dad commits personal sin, bad things happen to the family. When dad is slothful and lazy about his spiritual duty, bad things happen to his, his wife and kids. So Solomon fell asleep at the wheel, did some, made some bad choices. His house begins to crack and break and crumble and the, the people suffer. And so we see that in that example. And it's true in my house, your house, everyone's house. Dad made the bulwark. Has to be. Pocahontas, I haven't seen you in a long time, Pocahontas. Good morning to you. Uh, leaving Houston, driving back to San Antonio. Well, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Tammy, good morning to you. Uh, let's see here. Monica, good morning to you. William, good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, praise be to God. Um, hold on. Switching over to, to Facebook. Gloria, good morning. Gloria's praying for Angelo as well. She says her brother was installed as an acolyte this past weekend in the Diocese of San Angelo. He has one more year to become a deacon in the church. Praise be to God. No sleep. Lori, does that mean you're not getting any sleep or you're asking me if I got sleep? Because the good news is I did get some sleep. Praise be to Jesus. Not enough, but I did get some. I'm very grateful for that. My wife, she's gone into uh, full-on, you know, uh, nurse. <laughs> she's doing the poor little bunny thing. And she's also sick, by the way. So it's it's a routine. Uh, Glenn Trahan, good morning from Fort Worth. Good to see you, my friend. Praise be to God. Don, good morning to you. Um, Josh Null, it's good to see you. Uh, Nicola, good morning. Joaquin, good morning. Kyle, Kyle Langton, are you a new commenter, Kyle? I think I remember him from... Uh uh, some time ago in the past. I think he's a uh, So you're saying Kyle's a second-time yes, commenter? Yes, yes. And what do we does, give second-time commenters? Does David know what we do for second-time commenters? Do you know what we do for second-time commenters? I do not. So uh, what do I do? What do we do? Uh, um, well, typically, we give them the horns. The horns. Uh, the horns. The horns. You got a Poor David jumping into the, yeah, the horns of the apocalypse. Poor Dave. Welcome back, Kyle. It's good to see you again. David's having to learn everything the hard way. <laughs> There's no easy day. There's no easy day here on CDT team. It's always the hard way. Uh, what was going on, by the way, with, uh, like, why did I see, like, there was a, you had switched to a scene that had, like, everything possible. Like, what big, soupy, saladly mixed up crazy nonsense of everything possible on the screen what what was going on there yeah behind the scenes uh uh, Jan- uh roy was calling uh janelle was uh 
you know, doing the news and it was her phone and I didn't, didn't know how to answer the phone and I forgot to change the screen. And so there was like five things going on in my head. And, uh, that was one of the things I forgot to fix. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, okay. So we won't do that again. Okay. So, I, uh, men- mental note to myself, uh, self, note, yeah. self, don't do that self. again. Everything was yeah. happening at once. And so I was just yeah. trying to Perfect storm. act uh, calmly through good, it all. Good description of salad. I like that. That was yeah, a good yeah, salad mix. It was something that's like, what the heck are we watching here? Crazy. Again, patience, patience. Thank patience. you so much. Patience, Padawan. Patience. Yeah. You'll get there. Please be to God. Yes. Jesus Robles says uh, play uh, the song that whose name will never be mentioned uh, when Adrian is not around. Uh, a friend of mine song. <laughs> a friend of mine. Yes. He, oh, good grief. Do we have to play that song? Hey, Adrian's not even here. Like, do we have to? I'm we not have to sure. Give the we should call what they the union. Want. We should call the union rep and ask them uh, <laughs> if we're required to play it while Adrian is out. Sick. No, that I'll the take one? it. That's okay. <laughs> that one's all right. That I'm good nice. with that one. <laughs> I'm good with that one. It's the other one that uh, not so good with. <laughs> Uh, don't let him find that button. There you know. he is. I'm sorry. No, he found it. Not that one. Throw okay. something it's at him. Like a stapler or, I don't know, <laughs> easel or something. I don't know. I'll find it tomorrow, Jesus. Oh, Get that- darts. Get some darts <laughs> handy and just start chunking them at him. Um, <laughs> yes. Good okay. morning, buddy, Keenan. Um, yeah. Good morning, Patty. Good morning, Elizabeth from Kenya. And um, Kenya. Wow. good morning to Valerie. Um I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. It's, it's, it's been a little rough, but we are doing it. We, God's grace is sufficient enough. Wow. Jesus is offering to pay you off. We well, uh, call that payola in radio. Wow, payola. really? Uh, payola. We, oh, with a relic. I see how oh, you are. Wow. I see, ah, nice. see how he follows that up. Uh-oh. Yeah, with a relic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, payola. It's illegal. It used to be a, it used to be a thing in radio. Um, because back in the day, back before the digital era, you know, when you were in radio and you were playing music, the record labels would send people to visit your studio and to give you, you know, prizes, money, gifts, you know, to try to get you to play the songs of their artists. So radio was highly influenced by this and they called it payola and they actually made it illegal. Um, but you know, if you're a record label, you want exposure, so you would, uh, you would try to get radio uh, stations to constantly be playing your your music. Nowadays, if you dared to play an artist music, boy, you'll get shut down and fined, possibly hmm. copyright infringements. Huh? It's like it's it, the digital age changed so much. In fact, I remember I had an uncle when I was really little <laughs> who tried to make it as a country singer, and he burned himself a single on a forty-five. And we went and made we made rounds to all the radio stations trying to get them to play a song. You might have to explain forty five. You burned it on 45. a forty five. Forty five. You know what a forty five? I do. I do. I don't know about our audience. Uh, Janelle, do you know what a forty five is? Is that a reference to? Um, oh man, what are they called? Um, the, the vinyl discs? No. Yeah. The, yes. Congratulations. Like they're like forty-five inches, or I don't know. Is that forty-five? It's uh, it's a smaller disc. It's a smaller record. Forty-five it's not inches the, is small. No, it's not inches. No, no it's centimeters. You got it, Janelle. You got it. Got to be centimeters or something. I don't centimeters. know. Centimeters. They call them forty-five. It's about this, it's about okay. this big. Like yeah. yay big. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and uh, that sounds about. I, you yeah. know, I had uh, I had the Dukes of Hazard theme song on forty five. Wow! Yeah, do you still yeah. have it? 
No, unfortunately. Uh. Probably, I could probably sell it and retire. Right, I know. I still had that. I know. <laughs> Just a good old boy's <laughs> boy. That was a, that was a crazy, crazy. I don't, you couldn't put that that show on the air today. I know. I mean, they, they tried to take the uh, Confederate flag off of the General Lee. Did they? A couple of years ago huh. or something. You know, They tried to cancel, cancel the General Lee, the car, the General Lee, because it had a Confederate flag on it. Susan Weber on Facebook just commented RPM. I think that stands for rounds per minute. So maybe it's referring to the, the 45. Um, maybe it's like 45 ah. rounds per minute rather than 45 centimeters. That, um, that makes I sense. I guess that would make sense. I yeah. did not know. I'm learning now. 45 uh, revolutions per minute. That yeah, makes sense. That me? makes sense. That makes a lot of more sense. <laughs> um, oh, do you remember the uh, trivia question about why... Uh, about how the Western Rite of the Catholic Church doesn't have beards. The priests don't have beards. Yes. Uh, so I don't have the context there. The, here's the context. St. Jerome advised against allowing one's hair or beard to grow too long. But it wasn't until the 8500s that lo- various local church councils began forbidding beards. Um, it went into canon law shortly thereafter. And then for most of the Middle Ages, priests were both beardless and tonsure-wearing. Difficulty with receiving from the chalice being one problem associated with facial hair. <coughs> and then um, a medieval literary commenter said that the length of hair is symbolical of the multitude of sins. So that's very interesting. And then in the, um, the Eastern Rite, they said that aesthetics did not shave their hair or beards as a way to avoid vanity. So very two different um, opinions on having beards and facial hair, according to the different two rites. Bring back the tonsure, I say. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Bring back the tonsure. I saw. Ugh. I saw a buddy uh, mention uh, Waylon Jennings. So Waylon I, it Jennings. looks. Uh, so I looked him up. It looks like he wrote the theme for the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, do you remember the song Lukenbach, Texas? Lukenbach, Texas. Waylon, Waylon and, and Willie yeah. and yeah. the boys. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Waylon Jennings. Wow. How do we how do we go down this road already? Man? We always do this every day, Joe. What are you talking uh, every about? Every day. Good grief. Ugh, I'm sick and I only have half my mind available to me. It's you, not easy doing, doing this. You're doing good. Um, You're doing good. Come on. Yeah. Lori asks, uh, did you get Dukes of Hazard lunch kit? No, I wish. I could, I, only the rich kids could afford that stuff. Are you kidding? I mean, oh, man. It was rough being a kid growing up because all your buddies would have all the coolest, you know, lunch kits and the night, the latest shoes and nice clothes and trendy stuff. The garbage pail kid cards. I never had any of that junk. I couldn't. Have, we could never afford it. I, had, I don't know how. I don't know how we got the forty-five of Dukes of Hazard. I think I got it for Christmas one year. I had uh, the astronauts uh, as my lunch kit. You know, oh, so really? yeah, really cool astronauts, man. And so uh, it, it was. Uh, Made out of a uh, not aluminum, I guess, but uh, some sort of a blend of that, and you know, not plastic, right? It was the uh, the almost steel, like tin, tin kind of like thing, and uh, took a beating, but still, <laughs> still worked. It still worked. So yeah, wow, man, those yeah. are the days. Those are the days, man. Those were the days. I'm sure. I'm sure kids feel similar today. I'm sure there's you know similar sentiments of. Of those types of things, I don't nostalgia. know nostalgia. I don't know. They they have backpacks now, right? So we didn't have yeah. a backpack. We uh, I don't know what we what did we use? I don't know. We didn't use backpacks. Your hands? I guess <laughs> it was just our hands. Backpacks. Of course, you used backpacks. What else did you use? Like a string? I mean, we're not talking Little House on the Prairie here. <laughs> I don't know. Like I heard some people use like belts to like secure the 
their books together and they would just yeah, like that's Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> yeah. The Waltons. I mean, David, David is older than me, but he ain't hey, that hey, much older hey, than come me. on. That's <laughs> uh, funny. That is funny. Uh, really oh, Lori on Facebook clarifies that 45 is the speed of the record. LP yeah. means long playing. Oh, that makes that yeah. makes sense. Well, that's what revolutions per minute is, the speed. Ah. So, you know. Yes, that makes sense. I remember, Buddy says, I remember Happy Meals that were in Dukes of Hazard cars. <laughs> Dukes of Hazard? Is that like a, a Yes, they were like, uh, they were like the cardboard cutouts that were like, you know, folded to shape in the, in the Dukes. Is that what it was? Yeah. Or was it plastic? I can't remember. Uh, no, I think it was uh, cardboard. Cardboard, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway, go ahead and Those go. Are the days. Yeah, uh, we're reeling back in, Joe. Reel us back in, I think. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know that I can today. I'm just so out of it. Like it's uh, it's a fog brain situation today. They can be called book satchels, book satchels, satchels, very, satchels. very, very proper satchel. <laughs> um, I want to say the when I graduated high school, like the next year, they started requiring freshmen to have see-through backpacks. Hmm. I'm not mistaken because our school had like a had like gang problems. It had like uh, they were selling you know guns, drugs, that kind of thing. Like the lunch lady was an undercover cop. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. When she like whipped across the counter and threw handcuffs on people, you're like, oh, okay, that's new. <laughs> that's not in the uh, job requirements. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, when you apply for that job, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah, buddy. Uh, having a, a uh, Benotto bicycle was the greatest in my child. The, what is a Benotto bicycle? Is that like a, a like a fancy like high end? And what kind of bicycle was that? Was that, we're talking ten speed here, dirt bike, mountain bike? What kind of what kind of bike is a Benotto? There, I think Mr. it's just Thomas? a regular bicycle. Reminds me of that film from the seventies. What was that film where there was like some pretty pretty well known actors in the film when they were all very very young. And one and one of the main characters was really into Italian uh, bicyclers, like ten speed racing bicyclers, and he would pretend to be an Italian, and like he would try to talk with an accent, and like he was like he was from, they were from like uh, like outside of Chicago, they were like from South Bend, Indiana, or something like that, but he pretended as though he was Italian, talking in this accent, like he's some sort of an Italian racer, and his friends thought it was all weird. You remember what movie that was? No. What was that movie? I do not remember that one. Oh, I think Matt Dillon was in it. I can't remember. From the like 70s, huh? Like, yeah, the 70s. Hmm. Huh. Maybe one of, uh, one of our uh, people on social media will uh, chime in with that one. Yeah, oh, golly, Joy, the name is escaping me right now. Uh, Tammy, thanks for hanging out with us. We're very grateful for your prayers, too. God love you. God bless you. Uh, Ms. Thomas says, the bicycle they rode in Wonder Life. Wonder Life. What I gotta know? I gotta Google. Is it, it called Breaking Away? Yeah, that might be. Nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah. Well, who are the actors in that? Um. Ooh. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Dennis Christopher Robin Douglas. Is that it? No. Hold up. <laughs> that doesn't sound. I don't sound. know. No. No. That's <laughs> the name of the characters. That Those are the names of the characters. <laughs> um. Let's see. Ooh. Um. Okay, we have Jackie Early Haley, Dennis. Oh, I know. Yeah, Dennis Christopher, Dennis Quaid, Paul Dooley. Quaid. 
Daniel Stern, Barbara Berry, Hart Bochner, Robin Douglas, John Ashton, Amy Wright, PJ Souls, and Peter <coughs> Maloney. And I who? Think Peter Maloney. 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 <laughs> Maloney. Maloney. Wonder Maloney. Years, not Wonder Life. Wonder Years. Ah, oh, okay. That was a great okay. series. Great TV series. Yeah. So it's a it's a ten speed. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a high end, you know, famous ten speed. Oh, Lori had a banana seat bicycle. Oh yeah, uh, we all did. Remember the banana seats? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's the. I don't know what so that funny. is. I remember Mag Wheels when they came out. I'm like Mag Wheels. Holy smokes, that's amazing. Okay, Joe. So let me ask you this. Oh. Remember when you got your baseball cards and all that kind of stuff, and then you would put that on your uh, so that your rim of the bicycle would. You would put the uh, uh, baseball card so that the rim would hit, hit the it, yeah. hit the card and make a sound, and I think everybody, every kid did that, right? I think, and uh, yeah, that was, oh, the motorcycle was sound. Yeah. It wasn't baseball cards for me though; it was Star Wars cards. What Star, Star Wars. Wars? Wow, Man, I, I was huge into Star Wars. I didn't know that. Yeah, the original, the original. Um, man, we played Star Wars as kids all the time. Guess guess what character I always had to play? Every time I didn't get a choice, I was always the same character. I'll give you I'll give you a guess. Any ideas, Janelle? What do you think? Obi Wan Kenobi. Ouch! <laughs> not Darth. No? Not Darth Vader. I wasn't always old, Janelle. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> man. <laughs> I was a kid when it's I played beard, this. I'm for sorry. crying out loud, uh, Janelle, we'll start packing your box, uh, packing a box for you. Uh, and uh, it was nice knowing you. The, the statement that ended my Palpatine, no, for crying out loud. <laughs> um, Not Darth Vader, no, um, no, no. Were, they, were the cool kids characters. mean enough to to make you Yoda? No, <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> no, I always had to play Han Solo. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I was always Han Solo. Wow. I wanted to be a Luke Skywalker, of course. Mm, of course, of course. I never got that role. Hmm. Well, I wonder who, why. Who got the you role know, of Darth I, Vader? I don't know. I've been asking my my therapist that question for <laughs> forty years, and so far, no answers. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. Like Lori guessed it right. Wow. But breaking away. No, um, Han Solo. Ha- oh, congrats. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, Han Solo was it. Always, boy, we had that memorized. That first film, memorized. I mean, we could recite every character's lines in that whole film as kids. We watched, I remember, like, the uh, Star Wars Christmas special when that came out. That was kind of crazy. And then, of course, uh, you know, when they finally started playing Star Wars on television, that was such a huge thing. I just, it blew my mind. Those are crazy. It feels like the world has changed so much, doesn't it? Well, uh, that is so fast. Uh, that's what yeah. ama- that's what amazes me how fast uh, this is moving. And it just, you know, uh, for you and I, Joe, and uh, as we talk to Janelle and see her, you know, like Janelle, this this is going to go fast. Oh yeah. So hang on, Janelle. Hang <laughs> on. <laughs> hang on. You know, it's funny. Buddy says we should have saved all that Star Wars toys. We would be yeah. rich. I didn't have that many actually. You know, again, we couldn't afford the good stuff. <laughs> I, I, we hung, I hung out with with kids that had money, and then mm. they had toys, and I played with theirs. But uh, I have like a stack of behind me in this bin back here. I have a stack of uh, of comic books. You know. Oh. I, I for some reason I I never get rid of them. 
and I've had them since I was a kid, and uh, none of them are worth much. <laughs> Every time, like every every decade or so, I'll go look up their value, thinking, "Oh, this one's going to be worth a lot of money." And I got, I got, I bought those at a flea market when I was a kid. We used to go to flea markets a lot. Mm, yeah, and I would, I would search through the stack and look for look for interesting comic books. And they're never worth anything. <laughs> I guess I'm not a very good collector of comic books either. So oh, patience, patience, patience. Yeah. Well, I've given up the practice. <laughs> I just keep those. That's all. Yoda is over ten thousand dollars. That's insane. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. That's insane. Well, that is crazy. Uh well, bad news. Uh yesterday we were gonna interview Matt Walsh and they canceled on us at the last moment. So not sure if that'll get rescheduled. We're, we're, we certainly hope it. They said it would, so we have every reason to believe them. So hopefully that comes through. Now, tomorrow, did we make any decisions about uh, Michael Knowles tomorrow? Um, no, we have not. Although we do have another speaker for tomorrow. I believe their name is uh, Peter Neumeyer. Um, or George Newman. Sorry, Ju- George Newman. I don't know where. I but he's he's at he's on at six fifteen. Yes, he's at six fifteen. So um, we we need a thirty five yes, after. Maybe you guys can uh, edit down some Michael Knowles content for that. Yes, I'll be trying to do that today um, and trying okay. to get the video out onto YouTube for our um, and on uh, the email lists for our uh, CDT insiders, if possible. Great. Yes. Praise be to God. All right. Well, that's going to do it. God love you all. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It was a lot of fun. Uh, be sure to come back tomorrow. Either way, we're going to have a show and we're going to have fun doing it. And uh, grateful to uh, David and Janelle for staying in the studio and making the show happen. God bless you all. God love you. Have a great day. Please keep Adrian in your prayers. We'll be grateful to you. Until then, take care. <laughs>